Welcome to the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations Interviews Podcast, a series of brief conversations with leading China experts on key issues in the Sino-American relationship. For more interviews, videos, and links to events, visit us at www.ncuscr.org. My name is Margot Landman. I am Senior Director for Education Programs at the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. Joining me today on the NCUSCR China podcast is Xu Sijian, president of the Taiwan Foundation for Democracy. Dr. Xu, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you. First, please tell us about the Taiwan Foundation for Democracy. When was it established and what is its mission? Taiwan Foundation for Democracy was established in 2003 based on the cross-party uh, resolution. Uh, in the parliament. The funding of uh, TFD, Taiwan Foundation for Democracy, is provided 100% by taxpayers' money. And uh, we're an independent entity, but uh, working closely with uh, our government and mainly affiliated with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And uh, we have basically three missions. First of all, we provide assistance for promotion of democratic values and practices both in Taiwan and in our region. So we have a small grant for uh, NGOs and academic institutions doing democracy promotion. And second, we also would like to introduce those advanced experiences of democratic practices from international community back into Taiwan. Uh, although Taiwan has been democratized for 30 years, we still consider our democracy very young and uh, a lot of things to be improved. And the third mission uh, is to promote Taiwan's international image as a vibrant democracy, because our, our institute is also a platform for uh, public diplomacy. So we have connections with uh, networks, international networks promoting democracy around the world. Great, thank you. When did you join TFD and why? You had a good job at Academia Sinica and National Tsinghua University. What made you take this on? Yes. I joined uh, TFD in June 2016. Yes, as you said, I uh, have been a research fellow at the uh, Academia Sinica Institute of Political Science. And my major research was on Chinese politics and uh, cross-strait relations. I, I was very uh, committed to uh, the academic research work and also part-time teaching at Tsinghua, National Tsinghua University. However, I was given this opportunity to work at TFD and I find it a very, very, it's a very fascinating job because it is an opportunity to put into practices those ideas that uh, we only studied <laughs> no, in our academic job. And it's also uh, an opportunity for me to establish connections with uh, a lot of different peoples around the world and allow me to travel to different corners of the world. Hmm. And most interesting is that um, the work that we do uh, in TFD is part of a global endeavor to protect and defend democracy. Democracy does not belong to only one country or two countries. It's, it's a global endeavor. It's, it's, it's part of human civilization. And it's something 
I have to say, under threat right now. Mm. And I, I think it's very, very important that uh, uh, Taiwan, as, as a member of the uh, human society, should do this together with our partners around the world uh, for this very important task. You just said that democracy is under threat in various places around the world. I certainly agree with you on that. Do you think it's under threat in Taiwan as well? It is, indeed. I consider uh, three kinds of threats to democracy uh, at this time in the world. Uh, first of all, uh, in those mature democracies, we have witnessed, that has to do something to do with what I talked today, we have witnessed a decreasing commitment to democratic values in the United States and in Europe among particularly young people. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, the first kind of threat in mature democracies. The second is in those new democracies or young democracies, you have witnessed tendency of illiberal democracy. Mm -hmm. You know, democratic, democratically elected leaders promoting illiberal values or illiberal ideas, and sometimes populism. Or and in some of the uh, young democracies uh, are facing domestic threats like extremism, uh, ultra-nationalism, and corruption, rampant corruption. So these young democracies sometimes slide back to non-democracies. Mm -hmm. It happens in our region, as well as in many other regions in the world. And the third threat comes from rising influence of some authoritarian regimes. I think the threat in Taiwan uh, mainly belongs to a third category, mm -hmm. that we're facing threat from powerful authoritarian regimes. More than one? Let's say mainly come from a powerful neighbor. Okay. <laughs> now you've come to the U.S. with some data from a recent study that was conducted to assess political attitudes among young people on Taiwan. Could you tell us about the study, what kinds of questions were asked, and what did you learn? Basically, uh, the presentation I'm going to make today is about three questions. The first question I just mentioned, in the West, it has been studied that among young people, there is a tendency of decreasing support or its commitment to democratic values. So is there a parallel or similar phenomenon in Taiwan? That's the first question. And let me give you the answer. The answer is no. <laughs> exactly the opposite. Hmm. Our young people has much stronger support for democratic values hmm. than their older uh, cohort. Uh, the second question uh, is about, in Taiwan, we have this phrase called natural independence, meaning the young people have a natural tendency of pro-independence. So this is particular, particularly uh, obvious after the famous political movement, Sunflower Movement, in 2014. A new political generation has been created. So I st uh, we look into this phenomena with our data, and we found that I, I would like to give a more concise interpretation of this concept, that actually the young people in Taiwan are not necessarily advocating a de jure independence, but rather they are opposing unification. They would rather keep the status quo. Mm -hmm. So that is the genuine implication or meaning of what we mean by naturally pro-independence. So this is the second question. The third question is, 
There are some other studies uh, arguing that the Taiwanese youth are, on the one hand, they are, say, like pro-independence, but on the other hand, when they are facing threat from from abroad, they are not that committed to self-defense. Mm. So there are some other studies showing evidence like that. But our data shows otherwise. We ask two questions. The first question is, if Taiwan advocates or claim independence, which will incur some war between Taiwan and, uh, and mainland China, would you, will you be willing to uh, fight for Taiwan? So that's the first question. The precondition is that we declare independence and there is a war. The second question is, if China is going to use military force to coerce a unification, will you be willing to defend Taiwan? So they have two different preconditions. In the first question, the general response of the, those people who would like to defend Taiwan is around a little bit more than 50%, 53, something like that. But the second question, when Taiwan is coerced for unification, then around 70%, 70% of people, they are willing to defend Taiwan, including the youth. So it is, according to our data, it is not true that Taiwanese young people are not willing or not committed to defend Taiwan. So previously, if you add the later two questions together, there was a wrong image about Taiwan's young people that uh, on the one hand, they are provocative, uh, naive about international relations, and on the, uh, on the other hand, they are not responsible for uh, defending Taiwan. So that's a very bad image, but our data shows it's not true. So basically, that's the information I would like to deliver today, that Taiwanese young people, yes, they do have a very strong Taiwanese nationalism sentiment, but on the other hand, they are responsible. They, are, they would like to keep the, maintain the, the status quo in terms of the relationship uh, across the strait, but in facing threat uh, from China, they are willing to defend Taiwan's democracy. Two questions. Yes. What is the definition of youth in your study? Yes. Basically, <clears throat> we were comparing two age cohorts with the uh, uh, age under 40 and, and the age beyond 40. Uh-huh. And then we further separate this, this cohort age b- uh, below 40 uh, into two groups, that is those under 30 and those between 30 and 40. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the way we examine our data. And for, for us to be able to do that, we oversampled those young people. Mm-hmm. So, so that will allow us to do some statistic test. Have you gotten any kind of reaction from the PRC? to your data, this to the is, results? We just finished it, so... It's too soon. Too soon? Well, I, I think I don't expect any particular uh, response because this is a scientific study. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present this uh, in uh, the, the Conference of American Political Science uh, annual conference this year. Mm-hmm. So I hope that I can get some response from them in the academic context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any response will be uh, welcome because it uh, will help me sharpen my points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, obviously, the most recent political developments on the mainland 
have taken place since your study was conducted. I'm thinking of the elimination of term limits and the new writing President Xi Jinping into the Chinese constitution. What has been the reaction on Taiwan? And is your sense that reactions vary by age? Of course, in, in our review, our, our survey, we didn't, we didn't ask this question. But in general, my impression is people in Taiwan have a very negative uh, reaction to this development, particularly the elimination of the term limit. Because, you know, in, in our concepts, in any politically civilized country or political system, the limit of term of the term is minimum requirement, I think. And to eliminate that term limit opens the door to unpredictability and uh, we think eventually political risk mm-hmm. and political ir- irresponsibility. And we have seen that uh, too many times in, 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 in the history of Chinese politics and as well as in other politics. If you are asking me the attitude from young people, judging from my data, the, the, as I said, young people in Taiwan, particularly those under the age of 30, they have a very, very strong commitment to democratic values. So I would say they have even stronger negative response to this. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I'd like to ask one more question. And that is, it's a big question, so you can take it however you wish. What would you like U.S. policy towards Taiwan to be? I think we prefer a policy that uh, um, can recognize the rising threat from China to Taiwan's not only sovereignty, but also security. And when I talk about security, it's not only a threat to Taiwan's security, but the regional uh, destabilization. But we also prefer that kind of recognition can be reflected in a relatively stable change of policy toward the direction that U.S. policy can help Taiwan to build our stronger national defense and uh, closer ties between the governments uh, regarding addressing our common challenges and developing more substantial relationship between the two people and also economic cooperation because China's economy is very, very powerful and uh, Taiwan needs to build more diversified economic ties, uh, not only with U.S., but also with the other part of the world. We should not put all the eggs into one basket. This is also very important. And current, some of the current developments are very helpful, such as Indo-Pacific strategy, although it's still a little bit too abstract, but I think it's a good idea that democratic like-minded countries should work together, not to contain anyone, but to re-emphasize the importance of our commonly cherished values and, as we argued, rules-based international relations. Any power that would like to change this relation should negotiate and uh, deliberate together with all the members in the international uh, community instead of making unilateral changes. So that is the direction I, I think. I think Taiwan should be a constructive partner not only 
in, in regional politics, but also in global politics. Great. Thank you very much. This was our 100th podcast. Really? Yes. Indeed, my honor. <laughs> we are thrilled. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you.